0: It's Thayer Thursday. Thursday.
1: Tom Thayer, Thayer.
2: 1985 Super Bowl champion and football analyst for the Chicago Bears. It's heat to win the division, win the division, get into the playoffs. Former offensive lineman. Do lineman. they need to get better? Do they need to give up less sacks? Yes, of course. Tom Thayer. Tom Thayer. It's Thayer Thursday
1: on Cap'n J. Hood, ESPN Chicago. Good morning, Chicago, and welcome in to the Cap'n J. Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000. And we are streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. we got Shay, we got Jay Moore, we got you on a Thayer Thursday. And Tom is on the hotline. He's on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline.
0: Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom.
2: Don't worry, call the Car X Man.
1: Well, good morning, Tom. How are you?
2: Guys, how are you doing? It's awesome, you. You, awesome. You know, listening to that introduction, that was the first time, I think, we ever talked about the Bears needing to compete to win a the division. There's nothing been more true than that. And then to give up less sacks, of course, they gave up nine sacks and two Green Bay games. And out of the five sacks they gave up the other, the other night, three of them were uh, drive-ending sacks. So, you know, you think uh, what we said four and a half months ago and what pertains to today, uh, a couple of those things rang true.
1: So what are the the positives and the things that the Bears need to work on now that you've seen the Bears go from three wins to seven wins, Tom?
2: You know, I mean, I know that excites a lot of people, but I'm still disappointed that, you know, listen, the reason we're talking about seven wins as an improvement is because they've only won three games uh, before, you know, the season before. And I don't think you're any closer to beating the Green Bay Packers than you were a year ago. And that's kind of frustrating to me because unless you could, you know, you went to and showed you could beat Detroit at home, you went into Minnesota, they don't have a quarterback, and you beat them there. Um, You know, you got to be able to beat these teams, you know, uh, repeatedly. And I think even that was kind of the message that Kevin Warren put out there yesterday, that you got to be a division competitor year in and year out if you really want this thing to go in the direction you, you need it to go. But... You know, I. You know, you look at things. I think the defense is a lot better. I think there's depth at every position. I think you can um, still, you know, increase depth at every position when you look at what their, you know, their draft assets could possibly be. I think they need to get a lot better on the offensive line, especially the interior. And uh, then you got to get the quarterback uh, decision figured out because. It's not just a Justin decision. It's a financial decision. It's a business decision. And so a lot of those things that um, are probably conversations behind closed doors that we'll never be privy to, you, you got to get that figured out sooner than later. So-,
0: so I put on a bunch of tape yesterday because it's... My life. I like watching tape and I I enjoy it. I just Me too. I sit back and I didn't play in the NFL like you did, but I feel like I have a, a general idea of what I'm watching. And I sent it to Olin and I sent it to Tommy. I sent it to our guys here. I'm watching Caleb Williams make throws that are literally breathtaking. Like, oh my God, how did he fit that ball in there? He is really, really good. That isn't to say that Justin isn't a good football player, but you're always looking to get better. So when you factor in the amount of money in the fifth-year option and then having to extend him or tag him, which is $35, 40000000 at this point in time, versus a five-year rookie deal for a guy who my eyes tell me is more gifted. He's a grand slam home run if you develop them. Are you at all nervous or have trepidation? The Bears have never developed a quarterback in their history. They never have. That De- that they don't know how to do that.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I, definitely. You know, the, there's uh, some nervous portions of me like that. You know, you know, the thing about it is when Jim McMahon came to the Chicago Bears, and you know, he played for one of the best quarterback developers. In college football, he also had 72 NCAA passing records when he came aboard, and he probably knew more than any coach that was going to coach him. And then at the opposite end of the spectrum, being here when they drafted Jim Harbaugh, and he was a guy that was gut and gritty, and you know he had a, a committed upside to him because he was willing to do anything possible that he that would help him get better. But, you know, you really lacked, uh, you know, the person that could come in here and develop his traits. And also, you know, Jim came in an era that was before the communication device and the helmet. And that's when quarterbacks had to go back and memorize everything. And that took such a toll, <clears throat> excuse me, on their learning curve Fine. that some players weren't.
1: <coughs> I'll clear it out, Tom, for God's <laughs> sakes. We're that, on the, you're on the air, for God's sake, really? God.
2: Sorry, some players. You know, it was. It's difficult for quarterbacks to uh, to continuously memorize all the information that was fed to them week in and week out. You know, Wednesday we're going to install the running game. Thursday we're going to install the passing game. Friday we're going to install short yardage and goal line. And maybe there are some repetitiveness to short yardage and goal line. However, when you talk about you know the um, memorization of the run game, depending upon what defense and. Who is, you know? Who what, who what type of players you're playing against in the same thing on Thursday? So, you know, quarterback development. Quarterback development has escaped the Bears for quite a while. But you know, when you when you look at Caleb Williams versus you know a guy like Justin, the first thing you brought up Cap is the amazing throws he makes. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking at a quarterback, that's what you want to talk about most is the amazing throws he makes, not you know, your run ability. So for Justin going forward, it's going to be about his development of throwing the ball. Everybody knows that he's a dynamic athlete, probably one of the best top three athletes in the in the NFL. So um, you have to figure out what direction you want to go. And from the scouts and the ex-GMs and the uh, personnel directors that I've talked to, they talk about being, uh, or Caleb being a, a once in a lifetime guy. However, you know, I came out the same year as Marino, and he was a once in a lifetime guy, and he sank down to the 20s. When you go back and you look at Mahomes, he wasn't the first quarterback taken off the board. So, you know, to get this thing exactly right, it, you know, you're going to get a player, but it, like you say, it is about that development once they get up here.
1: Tom, you know, the one thing about the NFL, change is inevitable. And it happened with the coaching staff with the Chicago Bears letting go of Luke Getzey and members of the offensive coaching staff. What was the biggest issue with the offense for you? Was it the play design or the execution, if you were able to weigh both?
2: You know, a little bit of both. You know, it's kind of frustrated me the other night against the Green Bay Packers as they ran a pitch sweep and they had Trent Taylor, number 15, that's 5'8", 170 pounds as your lead blocker. Yep. And they ran it once to the right and once to the left. In the one they ran to the left, that was on second down. So what you got is you got a de- you got a holding call out of Feeney, and you got a, a overwhelmed defender coming at Trent Taylor that blew up the play. So now you're backing up, and that's one of the that led to one of those drive-ending sacks. So you know I, I you know it's it's frustrating to me, and I look at the. Uh, you know the, the lack of powerful uses of Kari blasting game. I'm still an old school guy and if I have anything from second and four or less, I like a straight eye formation, quarterback under center. Be deceptive about when you take that center quarterback exchange. How you back away from the line of scrimmage, and a lot of different things that you can incorporate. Play action passing. You can hand it off to a running back that already has a full head of steam going into the impact zone of the of the line of scrimmage. So, uh, you know, that is you know one thing that I was always a little taken aback by. And then I think if you go and you watch the game this past week. If you take uh, an imaginary line and you put it right in the neutral zone and then you take the tape and you go two steps into the play and then stop it and then look at where the helmets of the line of scrimmage are, is your offensive line getting movement forward to increase the development of success for that offensive play? And then the same thing on the opposite side of the ball. Take it and stop it and see where the helmets are. At, at two steps into the play, are you winning the battle at the line of scrimmage? And um, so, you know, I, I don't think that was really the strong point in the game on Sunday afternoon. And that's one of the things that they have to get better at, no matter if the team knows what they're doing or what they aren't doing.
0: I think one of the situations I was at the game, it was the first time I was ever at Lambeau. Thought it was cool as hell. I had a great <laughs> time. Great time. Great environment. People were very nice. Uh, just- you
2: know what, Cap? That is the biggest bunch of baloney. And this is why I'm sorry to interrupt you. Because all they're doing is they know that they're fattening the lamb. before Yeah, they're before pat- the
0: patting slaughter. me on the head like the good little
3: boy.
2: Oh, yeah. oh, man, thanks for coming. I hope you really enjoyed your experience. And You know, this is an awesome bull crap. But I- you got to get to the point where the Bears go into Lambeau or into Soldier Field, and they beat them every time they come here. And, um, you know, because you're, you're not the first person that said that to me early in the morning. Um, somebody said, oh, they couldn't be more accommodating. Oh, they're so nice. Oh, the food in the press box is so good. Listen, don't feed us anything. You know, kick us in the head when we get in the stadium. But when you're driving away from there, it's got to be a busload of happy people.
4: Yeah, d- <laughs> I don't disagree,
2: but I
0: did have a great time uh-huh. sitting there. We're like at the 20-yard line, and I think the play you're talking about with Trent Taylor, one of them, it's second and two after a Roshon Johnson eight yard gain. Yep, and we go backwards. But I also remember we've run our version of the tush push during the season, and the guy pushing from behind is freaking Darnell Mooney. He's one hundred and sixty five pounds. Thank Where in the it. hell is Kari Blasted Game or
2: Komet or oh Mercedes guy. Lewis? Really. Hundred percent. You know the thing about it too is when you go back and you watch Philly run the tush push. Yeah. Um, and I hate even saying that. You know we gotta you know have a you know a different name for the Grant Park shove. Yeah. Whatever. You know zero power. How about that zero hole power straight ahead. But listen. Huh? So when they go back to. Um, Jalen yeah, Hurts the two guys pushing behind they reach underneath his rip protector and they push his rip protector which advances him forward mm-hmm. so if you're just behind him trying to make a useless block you're not going to do anything to help the play. It's about the specific design and hand placement of the guys behind the quarterback that are getting the quarterback moving forward and so you know, that's that's what it takes. And uh, if so if you're going to go in there and run that play, put some power behind the quarterback. Don't, you know, put 170-pound uh, wide. Range. And listen, man, I love Darnell Mooney. I, I really love the guy. I respect the hell out of him and his desires and work ethic, but not on that play.
0: Yeah, it'd be like asking you to run the Olympic sprint. You did different things. You have a different skill set be utilized for that skill set. The last thing I wanted to ask you, if an offensive coordinator's out there, whether it's Shane Waldron or whoever, if he has multiple opportunities, he's worth his salt, and he can go fresh start in Washington where they're going to draft whoever at number two if the Bears take Caleb at one. He can go work for Belichick and maybe uh, Chargers and have Justin Herbert. Why would a guy take this situation if Justin's returning trying to have a reclamation project in year four with a head coach who if he doesn't win next year boy the chorus for his uh, a change is going to be very very loud
2: well look at the opposite end of the spectrum say he comes in here and whether it's Justin or a newly brought in quarterback and the offense just blows up and they start winning games they start averaging a lot more plays and points per game he's going to be the next uh, hot uh, you know, hot guy for a head coaching position. So if a guy has any confidence in himself and the development and kind of taking some of the pieces they have in place of a DJ Moore, Cole Komet, Darnell Wright, uh, Braxton Jones, Tevin Jenkins, and then you have, uh, you know, Roshan Johnson. If, if you are a guy that really believes in Ryan Poles, and I do, and I think he can bring talent in here, whether it be a free agent or – through the draft if the, all of a sudden the bears offense becomes hot and they go and compete and win the division that guy's going to be next up for a head coaching position and that's always one of the scary things when you have a defensive minded head coach you bring in an offensive coordinator and all of a sudden he blows things up uh, you know everybody puts him on the radar just like when you look at in uh, in Detroit or some of these other you know guys that are on the hot seat
1: Tom, lastly, and we appreciate your time, I don't think you'll be talking about this on uh, Bears Weekly starting at 6 o'clock here on ESPN One Thousand. So I'll ask you this question now. Um, so what's more of an accomplishment, the greatest accomplishment to you? Because we had a whirlwind of news yesterday along with the Bears and you know letting go of Luke Getze. We were able to see Bill Belichick no longer with the Patriots and Nick Saban no longer with Alabama. Which accomplishment is um, greater to you between those two coaches?
2: Well... You know, partly Nick Saban because, you know, he has a a revolving door of players year in and year out with the transfer portal and guys that come there and then they don't get an opportunity to play and then they leave, but he, you know, the success that he's had over a period of time and being able to be successful in college, rebounding from a bad experience in the NFL and then going back to college and rebounding successfully – and then when you look at Belichick, when I was playing and he was the coach of Cleveland, they were bad and he was bad. And then Tom Brady, um, you know, came aboard and he turned that franchise into the success they were able to have. And then once he left, they didn't have the success anymore. So, to me, I think what Saban has been able, what what he has done, um, especially. With a group of really influential kids at that point from 17 to 20 years old, I I like what Saban's been able to do.
0: Hey, man, have a great rest of your day. Look forward to seeing you soon for lunch. I'm buying. Thanks, guys. Be good.
2: See you, boys.
1: Is that necessary? What? Do you have to tell him that you're buying? I want to tell everybody on the air that you're going to be buying him lunch. Is that necessary? What's the big deal? Well, the big deal is, is that that's a personal lunch. You don't have to let everyone know that you're going to be buying. What, what if what if he slips the credit card first? Is that going to hurt your feelings? I'll already have it taken care of. Okay. Do you have to tell people that? Yeah. Why? I felt like it. No. Yes. Yeah. There's no reason for it. Yeah. You do you, kid. I, I am. Every morning. But you don't have to tell everybody hey. that you're going to be buying lunch. There's no I'm need for lunch. it. Buying lunch. Yeah. I'm buying lunch, kid. Really? Yeah. Okay. 100%. Look, everybody. Cap's got money. On the CarX Hotline. Yeah. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. I'm buying it. Don't worry, You're not the allowed to say that. that huh? Damn. Oh, yeah, I am. Yeah. Midas hasn't been around in a while, so I'm good. Okay, good. <laughs> 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 That's my money, kid. That's it. That's my money. Maybe in the spring. Maybe. So, so So some thoughts uh, from Ryan Poles. If you missed it, Ryan Poles says, you know what the Chicago bears, we are building a strong foundation.
4: I also was really proud of the steps that we did take. Um, if you really look back and, and really look at the starting point and then look at where we are today, you can't tell me you don't see the difference. Um, we're making strong progress. We're doing it the right way. It's built on a solid foundation. It's not a house of cards. It's going to continue to grow up. Um, as we continue to um, have um, continuity with our, with our roster. And that makes the future really bright for us. Um, we have flexibility with our cap space. We have a really unique draft situation that's going to allow us to continue to get better. Uh, and like I said, most importantly, the continuity part is going to be critical because when you bring all those things together, we're just going to keep climbing.
1: Continuity, Cap. Three wins to seven wins, he feels like they're building a foundation. By the way, he's right. They are building a foundation. How strong is that foundation, though? Again, if you look at who they beat and when they beat them,
0: that gives me some cause for concern. I know there are people like, we should have won ten games, and Iberflus blew three of them. Okay, you could have lost the Minnesota game where you had four takeaways and didn't score a touchdown the entire night and made a field goal at the end to win. You could have absolutely lost that game. Carolina was kicking a field goal in the final moments to tie the game. It was a long one, and they missed it. But Carolina was horrible. So you are what your record says you are. You beat Sam Howell. You beat Brian freaking Hoyer with Josh McDaniels getting fired after the game. I mean, let's just be fair here. You didn't have a litany of, wow, we beat the Cowboys? And we upset the Packers? No, we don't have any of that. The defense got better once Montez Sweat showed up. But again, you beat some really crappy football teams. So prove to me that you could take the next step and get a number two receiver or a one and make DJ your two or one A. You need an ace receiver. Mm -hmm. And then figure out your quarterback. Whether
1: that's Justin, Caleb Williams, or you. So uh, the other thing is, talking about building that foundation, part of that is Jalen Johnson, who told everybody that would listen, and wherever there's a camera, there he is doing the money sign. Right. thought that was strange. Yep. I mean, you're going to get taken care of no matter what, right? You have, I mean, you're a building block foundation in the secondary.
0: And he also dropped two pick sixes this year, but had a really good year. He's a pro bowler. He's a really good player. And guess what? Uh, he Brian Poles yesterday said he's going nowhere.
4: We have really good communication. Uh, you know, the big thing was just kind of take a break here after the season, um, and then we'll start talks again. I feel really good about that situation. Um, Jalen's not going to go anywhere, um, and we'll work through to get something done.
1: He's not going anywhere. That's an assurance right there. Like, he's going to be our guy.
4: Because they'll tag him if they
0: have to, but Jalen even said the other day, someone spoke to him uh, that I know, and he said, dude, it's getting done. It's getting done. Poles and I are in a good place. We're getting it done. So. You're gonna have, in my opinion, top five defensive backfield in the National Football League next year with and I think Eddie Jackson will either redo his deal or he'll be gone.
1: Yeah. I think you like he's, I think you call that in November, you but, thought he'd probably be gone anyway. Correct. So yeah.
0: Tyreek Stevenson, stud. He had a great I thought he was the best player for the Bears on Sunday.
1: Tyreek mm-hmm. Stevenson.
0: Yes. You have him, you have Kyler Gordon, you have Jaquan Brisker, you have Jalen Johnson, you have Terrell Smith. And you'll go out and add somebody else in that defensive backfield—a really good safety. Let's go. Your linebackers locked in. Let's go. Sweat and Billings and some of these dudes up front. Let's go. You need another rush end. Maybe it's Denell Hunter if he leaves the Vikes in free agency. I know the Bears love him. If that's your defense, I'm ready to roll. Mm-hmm. Now you got to figure out the offensive side of the ball. And then the biggest question is what you're doing at quarterback. There are many that heard what they wanted to hear yesterday. Whatever side of their on, they're, they're drafting Caleb. They're keeping Justin. Whatever it is, I'm riding with
1: Ryan Poles, period. Yeah. And rightfully so. We have no other choice. They're not firing Poles anytime soon. Uh, Ryan Poles will have two coaching regimes. He's not ready to pull the trigger on the second one just as of yet. Correct. Cuz that would accelerate his exit if it doesn't work. Correct. There's a reason why I mean you got to really take a deep dive with a third eye at all of this cap. Besides the 2020 vision you have, that third eye, the business side, the third eye that says, "Okay, I pull the trigger. Yes, I do have a number of coaches I can go for, but you know what? We're going to keep stability here and we may change the quarterback. May hey, Fields could come back. We don't know. All we know is that I just think it's an egregious mistake to pass up on all these coaches, and the coaching list gets longer and longer, and none of those guys, some of them with Hall of Fame credentials, aren't good enough for the Chicago Bears right now. OK. It better be right. You bet
0: Whatever you do, if you keep Justin mm-hmm. and Caleb Williams becomes an all-Pro somewhere else and your guy does not, that's your legacy. Conversely, if Justin goes somewhere else and becomes an All Pro, and you take Caleb and he busts out, that is also your legacy. You got to hit a home run. I'll here.
1: just throw the caveat out there as well. Along with that, I'll put, I'll tack on to what you just said. And as far as Justin Fields, if the Bears feel like Justin Fields is the right guy for twenty twenty four, you better supply him with even more talent. That means an offensive line in which Justin's not running for his life. You know, Waddell broke down the the film over the last seventy two hours and said, you know. Justin wasn't so bad against Green Bay. Of course, I'm a guy that plays results because I look at the scoreboard. And I look at the lack of touchdowns or red zone opportunities, and it just wasn't there against Green Bay. So, obviously, I'm pissed because the Bears couldn't even get into the end zone. One touchdown in three uh, road games. That's just not good enough. But Tom said that there are some times where just, Justin just didn't have any time. Well, you're missing two offensive, off of offensive linemen. That, that's one thing that hurts. But at the same time, though, we've seen time and time again where Justin can't get the ball out or, or he, there's a misread. And it happens across the league, but it's, it happens too often with the Chicago Bears.
0: Yeah, I, I thought having gone back and watched the tape yesterday.
1: You Ju- watched the, Bear, the Bears-Packers yesterday, too?
0: I did. Damn. Justin was under duress all day long. Dan Feeney is substandard. That's just a fact, man. He's not good enough. Uh, Tevin Jenkins, who went on social, on Twitter, to re- to apologize, was horrible. He had a horrible day. And he said, sorry, Bears fans, I picked the wrong, you know, the worst time to have my worst game. He was terrible. Um, That's some self-awareness by him, by the way. That is. Because I respect the honesty. I'm sure he probably looked at it as like, wow, I was a turnstile. He was horrible. Uh, and then Nate Davis got injured. He did not have a great year. It was all off. He had a death in the family, and he was injured, and he wasn't around. He was terrible. Darnell Wright's a rookie. He was banged up. He needs to heal up, get stronger. Same with Braxton Jones. Um, Paul's even said yesterday, I think Braxton Jones can be a starting left tackle in this league and that he's working with Olin Krutz, and he did that last summer. Mm-hmm. And Olin likes him. So he's a really sharp kid, works hard. So now go out. You need to get a – I'm talking a high-level center who can re- – recognized defensive fronts can handle guys like Kenny Clark who are now Kenny Clark nose tackle of the Packers is 15 and 0 against the Bears 15 and 0 he's a game wrecker in the middle we got to be able to block that dude i'd like to upgrade over Nate Davis i don't yeah. know if that's feasible mm-hmm. fix your offensive freaking line once and for all and if you're rolling with Justin protect him
1: yeah Give them some more weapons, too, along, along the way. It, you got It's not like you don't have draft capital or free agency money to get that done. Whatever Whatever lane you pick, make it a winning lane. That's all I'm asking. I agree. I like what Tom Thayer says. This is why we have the experts on the show, Cap, like a Tom Thayer. Yeah, yeah we Super- have a Waddle Wednesday and a Thayer Thursday. Super Bowl champion, color analyst for the Bears, breaks down film. What he said, he edu- this is why it's always good to have Thayer on because he educated the audience. In the segment we just had moments ago, he said, draw imaginary line with the offensive line and defensive line. And ultimately, he's saying, and I'm paraphrasing, who has the advantage as soon as the ball is snapped? Is the offensive line holding their ground, or is the defense already there trying to push our offensive line to, to be able to get a pass rush? Who has the, Who has the jump on the ball once the ball is snapped? He said, just watch the film. Just once, once the ball is snapped, pause it, and then see who's got the advantage already within two seconds.
0: Yeah, I'm disappointed at myself because I played the Bears. I picked the Bears. And when you see that and Luca, Lucas Patrick's not very good, right? But he's a starting center. Dan Feeney's a guy you claimed off of waivers, and he got over. I should have gone. Wait a minute, I got Dan Feeney against Kenny Clark. Yeah, I'm gonna have to side with the advantage to the Green and Gold. Jordan Love, and I know people don't want to hear this. Jordan Love's a beast. Yeah, beast. NFC play offensive player of the week. Well, that's our Bears heart, though. That's what it right. is. Right, But when you gamble, you have to separate emotion. Or when you uh, analyze.
1: It doesn't. Well, you know, I know you can't say that you do. And I know sometimes I don't. Sometimes I think I you...
0: do with other games. When it's the
1: Bears. See, that's the difference. I'm
0: like, I'm going to be at Lambeau. i got to play the Bears.
1: Hey, that's all it is.
0: And now that's... i got to jump at freaking Lake Winnebago. Because I bet Ben Bruss like an idiot.
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: I let my heart. Write a check. My bodies or the Bears' bodies couldn't cash.
1: We're just hopeful that the Shame Bears. on me. hopeful that the Bears could be able to win the ball game. You get yeah. that? I had a gr-
0: look. I had a great time up there. I did. It's a cool environment. We tailgated. We had a blast at the Tundra Trio. These houses outside. A blast. It's as first class as it comes. But when you really look at how that game unfolded, it was not as close as a seventeen to nine game. Mm-mm. It was not.
1: When you gamble, I mean, sometimes you just don't have the bandwidth to take a look at all the matchups and try to break it down, Cap. I mean, mm-hmm. But ultimately, what Tom said made a lot of sense. And more times than not, just draw that imaginary line. Is there ever a time where the offensive line has the advantage over the defense in, in some of the big games the Bears have played? And there is the deficiency. There are the holes right there on that offensive line. Right.
0: Paul said before the season, we're only about 70% of the way in fixing this thing. Okay, I want to see it get the next 30 done. At least 20. Get to 90%. Fix your offensive line first and
1: foremost. Mm-hmm. Get that done. If you feel like you're close with your defense, which that's kind of the hallmark of the Bears over the years, making sure you have a strong defense, opportunistic defense, okay, great. Now your offense, whoever the quarterback is in the offensive line and the weapons around him have to be able to be fixed. DJ Moore is great on one side, but who's on the other? Cole Komet's taking a step, but who's on the other side? Who can be another threat as a wide receiver that can stretch the field? Barack Bowers. No. Uh,
3: He's
0: not going back to Georgia. (laughs) How are you
3: taking a tight end in the top ten anyway? That's how you end up with Eric Ebron or Kyle Pitts.
0: Kyle Pitts is a good player, man. They just Arthur Smith didn't know how to utilize these guys.
1: I don't know if Kyle Pitts is a good player. I haven't seen him used. (laughs) It's a car in the garage that doesn't run. Just sitting there.
3: Hey, what's the Maserati doing in the garage? I don't know. I, don't know. I can't get it started. <laughs> Ta- I, I just feel like taking a tight end in the top ten when you have a tight end on the roster making, what, 20, 15 million a year? can't do it. Yeah, you probably
0: won't take him. But if you trade the pick and keep Justin and get an extra, like, if you're all of a sudden got three picks in the top ten, you go, huh, let's go. What about T. Higgins and free He's, agency? I think they're tagging him in Cincinnati. I do. But if they don't, he's truly a free agent. I would definitely be interested.
3: Imagine you draft like Roma Dunze or Neighbors or whoever at nine and sign T. Higgins. Oh boy! Okay, that's, that's just
1: <laughs> man. Wow. Yeah, like, that's it. Could happen. That's what it takes, man. Stockpiling talent. You want to just be? You want to be a Big Ten team, a middle of the road Big Ten team, just runs the football to try to win games, or do you want to be able to be? flexible offensively. Correct. It's kind of what Iberflus talked about. like, if you can't run the football, what's next? Correct. Well, that's your job, Eberflus. You're supposed to be part of that process, too. Correct. You're a part of it, too. It all will go into the evaluation. Yes, sir, Mr. Moore. You need to put a call in to tease mom.
0: I got her number right here. I text, I've i texted with her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Uh, can we get your
1: son here? Yeah. What's going on there?
0: I met her on a plane. She's a very nice lady. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know his daddy's from
1: Chicago. Mm -hmm. I said, really? Mm -hmm. She said, oh, yeah, we got family back Mm -hmm, mm there. Any other messages you'd like to pass along? Those are personal. Oh, now it's personal. I'm not going to say anything. No. What else are you guys talking about there? Didn't I tell you? It's none of my business. Uh, I guess it doesn't concern you. Yeah. (laughs) Coming up next, Uh, I know all the lines. You do. Coming up next, Jesse Rogers with the latest in the Cubs. The Cubs finally spent some money. Jesse Rogers with the latest on the Here Cubs. There we go. That's coming up next on the Cap and J-Hood Morning Show.
0: Cap, Cap and J-Hood are
5: back. I want to thank both guys man for the great season of bears information and i just want to say i appreciate you guys and i love the show on
0: chicago's home for sports espn chicago
1: captain j hood on espn 1000 and streaming on the espn chicago app now time to go to the hotline That'd be the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline.
0: Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Crack is whack. Don't
3: worry,
1: call the Car X man. Time to talk to Jesse Rogers about the Cubs. Good morning, Jesse. How are you?
0: I am good, boys. Good morning to you guys. Good morning, Jesse. So Jed's dusty checkbook. (laughs) The moth flew out of the desk. He opened it up and got her done. And I talked to Dan Evans yesterday, the former Dodger GM who scouts Japan. He said, I've seen him pitch at least 25 times in person in Japan. He said, this is a hell of a signing. You agree?
5: I think so. I think so. I hope the fact that they got him at a cut rate is a good thing and not a bad thing. In other words, I'm not sure the market developed the way the prognosticators thought. People smarter than I thought he'd get 80, 90, 100 million dollars. Now, he still could and i think the contract is interesting because it's an indication that there are some doubts how effective it'll be but if he's great the cubs will pay him up to 80 million it's a four year 53 million dollar deal much smaller than a lot of people thought but after two years the cubs can extend that out to five years and 80 million which is more in line with with what you know kind of we thought back in november even october so i think it's a prove it situation for him The reason is he's 5'10", okay, a little undersized. He's 30, a little bit older than most guys that you you get. He's never pitched, obviously, in the big leads. Um, 92-mile-an-hour fastball, rising 92-mile-an-hour fastball. If it doesn't have that little zip at the end, it's going to be hit out. He's given up some home runs. Those are the negatives, but he's a really smart pitcher. That fastball is deceptive, so I do think it's a little bit of, okay, let's see what he is. He could be great. He also could be just a mid-rotation guy. So, again, I think the market um, was interesting, and I do think he kind of fell in the Cubs' lap. Uh, they were interested in him, but I don't think they were favorites at all. He was based here in Chicago throughout this process. Uh, his agents are in Chicago. And I think they kind of reconnected more recently and said, all right, we'll do a smaller deal for you and give you some incentives. So. I think that's how it went down. So it remains to be seen how good of a signing it is.
0: Okay. So, according to Dan Evans, who again, he's seen him at least 25 times in person, mm-hmm. he said, go check the measurements in the stadium that he pitched in just at home. He said he gave you seven, average of seven innings, 19 of 24 starts. He said it's 308 down the line. 308. He said he does not have a home run problem. He does not okay. believe that. He also said he can run the fastball up to 95. He's a competitor. He's the one that pitched the clinch game in the World Baseball Classic. He thinks it's an outstanding signing. He goes, am I telling you he's the number one starter who's going to win 27 games? No. But I'm telling you, that guy's stuff is going to play in the big leagues. so well, the funny... Hopefully yeah, that's funny, accurate.
5: A funny thing is a month ago I would have been on board because I thought he was getting 80, 90, 100. So, again, I think the contract's a little telling. I don't think this was a case of Jet playing Je,
0: But who just reported, Jesse, that he turned down almost double the guarantee from someone true. else?
5: I don't know if that's true. But you true. saw There's,
0: that report, right?
5: Yeah, I do. I don't think it was completely true. There was talk, but I'm not sure there was an offer. I have dove, dove into this a little bit. I highly doubt he turned down double. I think there was talk of a higher contract, and that's what I'm saying. The market kind of never came to fruition. So whatever, I do think it's a good signing. I'm just saying, okay, it's not as much as – and most of the time these prognosticators are pretty good. MLB trade rumors, all these guys that do this for – you know, they're pretty good. And he got a lot less. Doesn't mean the Cubs didn't hit a home run. Let's just see how it plays out. They obviously made a very incentive-laden deal. They think, okay, I think he's good, and maybe he's great, and we'll pay him the $80 million. But the bottom line is he helps the team. Is he? Are they better today than yesterday? Yes, and they did get it
0: at a decent rate so they can spend elsewhere, which is huge. Okay, I was supposed to talk on my podcast to Scott Boris tomorrow, mm-hmm. and he reached out and said, hey, I don't think it's in my best interest to do something right now. i got a few things going. Let's move this a week at least. Okay, Is that Cody Bellinger and the Chicago Cubs? Not
5: necessarily. Today's arbitration deadline day, so there's a lot going on today and tomorrow. But, um, look, one way or another, they're going to have to do business with Boris, and I think it's sooner rather than later. You couldn't have asked for a better situation if you're a Cub fan in terms of Bellinger returning. And I think you and I both agree, Jay Hood, he wasn't coming back three months ago. But, you know, the circumstances have changed. The market is sort of almost like Imanaga. It's kind of come back to the Cubs. And it's almost like a game of chicken here. Who's going to blink first? And it's not just him. It's Reese Hoskins and Matt Chapman. Um, And I think they're intertwined a little bit. If they get one, they might get more than one. I don't think anything's imminent. This might go into February. But I do think there's a much better chance. Let's put it this way, though. Until now, they have not seen eye to eye. So something is going to have to change or is in the middle of changing for a deal to get done. Um, I'm not sure who has who has more leverage because the Cubs certainly need him, right? The Cubs certainly need him, and I'm not sure there's a huge market at big money for him. So they might need each other as much as anything. Uh, but if the Cubs don't re-sign him, man, where are they going to get left-handed power? They're in big trouble. So I, I almost I almost feel like they need they need Bellinger more than Bellinger needs them. But it could be a mutual
1: thing. We'll see. Jesse, you just wrote recently about Dylan Cease and the White Sox. Who are the suitors for? Uh, cease, And then the second question is, what could the Hall be coming back?
5: Yeah, I think a bunch of suitors have fallen off. The Reds, the Braves, I think the Yankees. The, the asking price has been high. Two high-end prospects plus whatever, fill-in type of guys, as it was described to me. The Orioles remain at the top of the list. But I don't think anything's going to happen until these other free agents come off the board. Jordan Montgomery, Blake, Snell. And they're going to wait it out. He may wait it out until mid-season, But the asking price is high, and it should be. I don't think he should wait too long, though. Like, you want to max out the value because other teams know he's not re-signing also. He's a Boris client. They're not re-signing with the White Sox. So, again, the leverage can go back and forth in this thing. Two high-end prospects would be good for two years of control plus other guys. The Braves said no. The Reds said no. We'll see if the Orioles eventually say yes.
1: Any other Sox news? I'm looking at this depth chart, and I see holes in it like an abandoned home.
5: Yeah, right. They need a right fielder. I don't have news there. Today, as I mentioned, is that arbitration deadline day. So we'll find out if they settle on a salary for Dylan Cease for next year because uh, that will be telling for other teams or else they go to uh, an arbiter for that. Michael Kopech needs to settle today. Andrew Vaughn needs to settle. Otherwise, they go to an arbiter. Most players settle. On the Cubs side, it's Nick Madrigal that needs to settle. Wisdom, Al Justin Steele, that's a bigger name that needs to settle on a contract. If not... They exchange figures and they get, they go to an arbiter. But back to the White Sox, yeah, they need a right fielder. It sounds like they're they're pretty good on the pitching staff. In terms of in terms of quantity, we don't know what the quality is. They've picked up all these guys almost off the scrap heap. They wouldn't say that. But Chris Flexen needs to return to form. Tim Hill's not a bad pickup, but they're not mm-hmm. household names. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so <laughs>
1: like Vaughn, you said right field. What about second base is that? That's not Romy Gonzalez every day. Who's that second?
5: Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen at second base. You're right; it, it's, it's a little bit
1: up in the air. <laughs> Ta is still out
5: there. <laughs> Ta is still out there, but they're not going to resign him.
1: Okay, and then Dejong, the everyday shortstop. What are you doing there? Yeah,
5: I mean, for I now he's got to earn it. He's got to earn it, but right now he is yes.
1: DeJong? young. Okay, so then like you mentioned, right field. I think we know what Gavin Sheets is, right? Are we done? Right. We know what that is. That's not an everyday yeah. right fielder or DH. Yeah. Yeah. Well, What about I the don't kid? Know, because what again kid? go.
0: The kid you brought up last year, Oscar Collis.
5: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Gets the other day simply wow. said right field is open. So they're not handing the job to him like they did last year. If they if they don't, you know, Sheets is one of their one few lefties that has power cuz Ben Attendee certainly didn't show it last year. The one good thing that Gets has done has turned over some of the culture. I mean, as bad as Martin Maldonado is, at some offensive things and cert- and even defensive things, he can call a game. He can bring out the best in a pitcher. So I am interested in how that culture changes. But without talent, culture is not going to matter that much. It's going to be helpful, but they need more than just you know a culture change. They need more. Do talent. you think Rick
0: Hahn wakes up, grabs his coffee up in his suburban home, and goes, "I don't have to deal with any of this nonsense." Tune in. I got yes plenty no. of money. Yes and
5: no. I mean, he's out of baseball. He'll I think- get
0: another gig. He's a smart guy, a good guy.
5: Yeah, I know. We may not get another GM job right away, though, so you have to work your way back up. I'm not sure. I'm not sure is my answer. There's only 30 of them. He used to say this. There's only 30 of these jobs, yeah. and he lost Tune it, in. so we'll
0: see. <laughs> hey, any yeah, any Bob. chance Tune in. that yeah, that uh, Reese Hoskins or Bellinger or Josh Hader are dressed up as Clark the Cub at the convention
1: tomorrow <laughs> and
0: pop the hat off and go, I'm back! Pops How head,
1: about pops the pop hat oh, off and it's Paul Sullivan? Yeah, exactly. let's, yeah,
5: let's add Sammy Sosa. Could that? Could he come yeah. in? Come in? And that I, I would give Bellinger Sammy. and Reese Hoskins a bigger chance than Sammy tomorrow.
0: Right? I would agree. Anybody? <laughs> uh, last thing, Josh Hader, yeah. because as uh, Danny Evans said to me yesterday, look, his manager was Craig Counsel. If they don't bring him in, that's very telling.
5: Yeah, it's it's more telling that the Cubs' philosophy. They don't pay closers. They they look. Ausley was pretty good. I agree with you. I think Ausley eighth inning and hater, or ninth inning would be amazing. Oh come on! But they don't they don't pay closers. We've seen that in the past. Unless Jed changes his mind, they and, and They're not World Series ready. They were World Series ready then. It was mid June and it wasn't the, the worst deal for them. If they were World Series ready, that's a different Jesse, story. Jesse, the, the, the
0: Diamondbacks and the Phillies weren't World Series ready, and they woke up and they were there. And they didn't Stop have a closer to start the season. Jesse, you live in I'm, Chicago. You don't live in effing Kansas City. I'm telling you what their philosophy. I
5: hate. Damn. I love when you yell at me for their philosophy. You're part of this them. It's their philosophy. Oh, no, he's, not, he's a journalist, damn it. The Diamondbacks didn't have a closer ah. to start the season. They traded for Paul Sewald. <laughs> so don't tell me about the Diamondbacks.
0: Yeah, but guess what? They woke up and went, oh, we beat the Cubs by one game, and we're in the World Series. How about Josh Hader and his nasty long hair is pitching for my club? Hader, Bellinger, Hoskins,
5: Chapman. You got a, the corners in the middle. I don't Figure want Chapman. I don't want Let's Chapman. Do
1: Josh Hader, and he's not a, he's not a fan of mine. All right, Jesse. As always, we appreciate the time.
5: Wow. All right, boys. We all see make the mistakes. Grand right? oh, whoa, whoa. This
0: Cap, get over there this weekend.
1: There's <laughs> <laughs> too much snow coming.
5: Yeah, you're right, Jesse. You
1: Jesse, you do these hits yeah. all over the country, but no one yells at us like no one yells at you like Captain J Hood.
5: No one yells at me at all. How about
1: that? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. Hey, how's, how's your get, mom boy?
5: doing? Oh, she's good. Thank you for asking. She's good. We've spent a lot of time with her. And she, she's doing okay. She's coming over for dinner tonight, as a matter of God fact. God
0: bless. Yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you. Right. you, sir. No thank spam. Tune sure. in. Yeah. Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter,
1: boom, boom, boom. Yelling. Don't worry
0: really about the car accident. got to hold people accountable. they got nothing but money up there. There's a closer that is filthy, and he pits for council. So if okay. council doesn't want him, that's fine because he knows him better than all of us. But if he does... Get the checkbook out of Tom's
1: hands. Tomorrow, opening day, plenty of time to sign him. Correct. Yeah. Cap and J. Hood, cut of the day. Right around the corner on the Cap and J. Hood Morning Show.
0: (laughs) Cap and J. Hood are back. I appreciate your show. I'm an Uber driver, and from 7 to 10 every day, I've got you locked in. Chicago's home for sports.
3: ESPN Chicago. (laughs)
1: Cap and Jay Hood morning show on ESPN 1000. Now time for the Cap and Jay Hood Cut of the Day. Brought to you by Chicago.
0: Cut. Steakhouse. David Flom. Matt Moore. Dining Gem. LaSalle. North side of the Chicago River. Thank me later because it's awesome. Jay Moore. You are too.
1: Yes, it's boring, but it's a sport. Oh! Whatever. It's It's not boring. Okay, then you're boring. Alright! They they call her
3: pincushion. No, oh, no, no, no. Oh God no, me. she I'm not even saying she's doing anything. It's just she's got friends who she used to date. She oh. goes out to eat with them. She takes phone calls from them, they talk a lot. Oh, I thought you
0: were going say she's a divvy bike. Everybody gets her
1: oh. around. <laughs> Wait a minute, how'd you jump in there? Wait a minute, Matt! <laughs> <laughs> loose this loose! <laughs> wow. uh. Wait a minute! Here's Shay Dorel. Shay,
3: I, I did not see that line from Cap coming. That was from the clouds, right? Uh. You see, you see where this is going. you yes. going. You brought up. You don't like how much attention she gives all these ex-boyfriends hanging out. And go, it just makes you uncomfortable. And she tells you, you got to trust her. She's not up to anything wrong. They're all just friends. you right. just getting lunch with them and hanging out. Would you be okay with this? No.
0: Would she be okay if I was hanging out with four of my hot ex-girlfriends?
2: Never be afraid to rub your meat.
0: You get out of there, lady. <laughs> no. No. She has one friend... They're not romantically involved. They're really good friends and they have lunch occasionally. Let's
4: go, man.
0: Okay, whatever. I don't care. But all these ex boyfriends, and they're all. Well, you must be one talented lady. I mean, yeah, no. That you would not
1: work Oh, right. God.
0: That would not work for me.
1: You them. know where that. Let's go. See yeah. you later. She's there to see ex boyfriends, and the guys say, I don't know. What's up, yours? Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> not where I was I going say. with this, but okay. Nah. The flus is loose. And
0: that's all, folks. The Kappa J Hood Cut of the Day. Brought to you by David Flom and Matt Moore, Chicago Cut Steakhouse. The scallops there, amazing. The ahi tuna, spectacular. Try the Dover sole that they prepare tableside. Oh, baby, that is living. Minorio ice cream pie, glass of wine. Thank you.
1: That sounds like the top shelf of top shelf restaurants, that, sh- that Chicago Cut Steakhouse. It's amazing. So it's a far cry from me last night looking outside my hotel window in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and I see about eight inches of snow. And there's no Chicago Cut Steakhouse there, Calf. You know what it is? J- the John Deere and Tractor Hall of Fame. Oh, boy. Wow. Doctor, <laughs> let me tell you something. I said, let me just get home safely. I have, I'm not anti-tractor. I'm just saying, like, that's an attraction there. Yeah, Waterloo. Waterloo. <laughs> Mindy, what are we doing on Saturday? I
0: got a reunion Saturday. But we could go to Waterloo. John Deere Tractor <laughs> Hall of Fame. I have a reunion to go to Saturday. Oh, my God. Kenny Battle. Remember Kenny Battle? Oh, yeah. Great player. Well, I had him for two years at Northern, and then he went to Illinois. He has been amazing putting together a reunion of our former players and we will all be at the Northern Game Saturday in Calvin and then dinner at Fatty's.
1: Today is National Milk Day. What was your favorite mixture of the milk, Ovaltine or Quick? Oh, Quick. It's not even close. Although Coach McDougall loved Ovaltine. Stro- uh, the strawberry or the chocolate Quick? Chocolate. Outstanding. Yeah, with the little bunny. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We thank you for listening and calling in and being part of the program here on Cap and J Hood. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Shay. Thank you, Jay Moore. How about a Football Friday tomorrow?
0: Let's do it. May not be a Bears Friday, but there's always Bears news to talk about, baby. And our picks. So long, everybody. Take that. From Chicago.